the comedy of monsters, or a monster of a comedy, it's time for tonight's double feature. Abbott and Costello meet the invisible mummy. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Unfortunately, I don't know if your preamble accurately summarized either one of these movies. <laughs> oh, uh, well, we'll have a lot. Something well. was missing. Something was missing, and uh, maybe we can figure it out. Maybe we can figure <laughs> it out in this episode. Maybe. Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the monster slash comedy, I guess, podcasting airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive. We are discussing a double feature, Abbott and Costello Meet the Invisible Man and Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy. Uh, with me today is none other than Mr. Cornette, Alex. Oh, and joining me is mummy number three, Eric. <laughs> I, th- I find it funny, <laughs> Alex, that, you know, of these three Abbott and Costello monster films, yeah. They start off with completely different names. And then in the second one, Invisible Man, they just take their first names. And then by the last one, they're just playing themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, they just kind of quit trying, I think. It's um, just an interesting parallel to this podcast, I think. <laughs> you, you think so? <laughs> well, I mean, we started off as interesting podcasters. Yeah, we started out with Godzilla, and we did yeah. awesome, and then Gamera, and it was just like, oh, we were so on fire. And then Yeah, we started out like as a, great podcasters, and then... Things uh, things went south. It's just never been the same. We've been we terrible hit Toho, ever since. Toho in space. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, our it was, Invisible Man moment. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was like our, it was our mummy double feature. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, jeez. Oh yeah, uh, but but like Abbott and Costello, we're gonna make a comeback. We're making a comeback right now as we record this episode. It's the start of our comeback, Alex. Yeah, and a lot like Costello will die penniless. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez, we are so optimistic today, both about our lives and about these films. We're so That's optimistic, right. Alex, that while we're watching the second movie, we start watching. <laughs> We went back and forth about whether or not. So we are doing a double feature, a second double feature. It was not planned. But no. Alex begged me. He begged I me. I pretty much did. <laughs> I pretty much to, did. To, to make this a double feature. I was like, no, we can still split it. We'll find something to talk about. It'll be fine. But Alex begged me. He's like, no, we've got to do a double feature just to get these over with. Yeah, and I, did. I I relented eventually. And we ended up watching the second movie together. Uh, not physically but at the same time and <laughs> ended up texting back and forth a, a slight argument about which of these films is worse if that tells you kind of our direction that we're heading in this episode yeah um, it's a it's a direction south it's a direction so we might as well get into it see where it heads because i'm curious <laughs> to hear um just what made these films so bad <laughs> From your point of view, Alex. Just like, uh, so, so blunt. 
<laughs> with our film introduction, um, we'll each introduce a film. We have two sentences to introduce, two sentence summary, and then we'll kind of have three points each that we just want to hit on just to talk about each film individually. And then we'll come back with our kind of comparison at the end before we get to our normal staple awards for these movies put together. So the first film was Abbott and Costello meet the invisible man. And I've got this summary. So here we go. Bud and Lou become detectives trying to solve the murder of a now invisible man's murdered manager. In the process, Lou becomes a middleweight boxing challenger assisted by an invisible companion. All right, Alex, uh, you said this was one of the most painful cinematic experiences that you've ever had in our text. That was almost an exact quote. So, so give it to me. Tell me, tell me, we'll start with you. What, what are your three main points about Abbott and Costello meet the invisible man? Uh, my three points are this kill me now. (laughs) Okay. So for, for real though, my first point is the Invisible Man marks a shift in our type of comedy, at least the focus on our type of comedy. Um, meets Frankenstein, I felt like, you know, yes, we had the physical gags. Um, some worked, some didn't, but really what I really relied on to get through that movie, um, and we both liked it, but what I really relied on was that punchy dialogue. I got a lot of enjoyment out of of that dialogue in this film we've almost completely abandoned the punchy dialogue in the favor of physical gags Mm. and the physical gags for me just really don't work there's one in particular that i i save for my awards um that i'll talk about and there's one in here that really worked for me uh and like you know there's some certain elements that i thought were kind of funny like uh, the beginning of the film, it's showing like these <laughs> almost stick drawings of like these different scenarios <laughs> of like that they're going to be experiencing because I forget they're becoming detectives yes, or yeah, 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 yeah. so uh, private eyes and um, you know the, there's like different ones for being held up and things like that that I thought were pretty funny but unfortunately my laughs for this film just like. They just were few and far between, especially compared to last week's film and even maybe the, our next film. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep praise on the next film, but um, <laughs> I had less laughs in this one than, than The Mummy. My second point, there is just so much inconsistency with the development of the invisible man in this film. You know, we keep le- we keep hearing about over and over about the psychosis. And I like that this is built off of the original invisible man movie. Yeah. Uh, I did like that element. It's just unfortunate that that's about all there is. You know, we get the reference to the, to the psychosis that is caused by this. And we just kind of leave it like yeah we bring it up a few times but our invisible man never becomes that dangerous right if anything just a he, drunk yeah yeah i mean he just becomes a drunk and just kind of enjoys himself a little bit but he never does anything evil really or like even vile like i, I just i don't well they really dropped the ball with this guy with that whole build up and he just he never really does anything that bad 
Um, and then that, which was a bit of a disappointment for me. And then we got to talk about the big thing in this film. Uh, and this is really what, I mean, it hurt it even more than the rest of it. And that's the boxing match at the end. Mm. Holy cow. This was a painful thing to get through. And this is where the words that I sent you, and I think I even tweeted on uh, Twitter, um, was agonizing, (laughs) is what that boxing match was. It is so completely and thoroughly unfunny. And it goes on, and not even exaggerating, I think at least 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it is an extended lesson in um, maybe comedy that hasn't, Maybe aged well. Maybe it's just not for me. Or maybe, maybe it just was never that great to begin with. Um, because I I didn't really see anything even charming about what was happening on screen. It mm. felt like it was just extended to fill a runtime almost. Mm. Uh, and so that was really disappointing for me. Like th- This film, as any listener can probably tell by now, is... A pretty big disappointment. What about you, Eric? Like, what are your three talking points? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you. I, I, I'm overall disappointed on this film, though. I, I, I like it a little bit more than you. I think not a ton, but a little bit more. Uh, Louis the Looper. So, I, there's actually a point in the film where I was laughing quite a bit. <laughs> really? And it was the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a physical gag, and it was when uh, Lou was doing the speed bag at the gym, and it just kept on going on, and he's doing things with, like, his face and the back of his head, and it's obviously, like, he's not touching the bag, and yet everybody's, like, mesmerized by it, and just so stupid that, I don't know, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I like the beginning part as, as he becomes Louis the Looper. Um, so, so that's my first thing. That's the thing I, I like about it. I, I thought some of that stuff, I can see a, a scenario like the, the concept is good. I like the scenario of there's some irony there, right? Of this, this kind of chunky, <laughs> scared guy, um, who is going to fight the, the, the middleweight champ, you know, it, it's interesting. It, it has a lot of potential. So I like the concept, and I even like the beginning moments where the legend of Louis the Looper is formed. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, um, I, I just find that the, the plot is too convoluted, and within that convoluted plot, we don't get any of that funny dialogue that we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, which, even for me, last or last time when we met Frankenstein with Abbott and Costello, even then, it was it was a stretch for me because I said – you know, it's not quite cinematic. It's it's better for a sketch show, which we'll talk about in our comparisons. Um, but overall, there's just too much almost going on with this plot, with throwing the match and, and people getting involved. It doesn't have to be that complicated in order to set up some funny moments. And yet we try to, and I understand, they're trying to do something funny with the plot by setting a, a, giving us this, this um scenario that seems impossible to get out of uh that's kind of the the the, you know the abbott and costello seems to be kind of their thing you know we're going to create a convoluted plot that seems impossible to get out of but we will get out of it at the end 
Uh, I just thought you, you don't have to make it complicated in order to make it funny. And so I'm with you. Those are my first two points. Second, third point is, yeah, the ending takes forever. That match, what should be the hilarious punchline at the end of the movie, it just doesn't come off. There's not enough comedy in it. And it is way too long. I do think it's 20 minutes long. And it's absolutely just not what it could be. Um, if you want to see a comedy match done well, you, you talked about maybe this wasn't even done well for its time. Yeah. If you want to see a comedy match done well, that was, oh man, at least 20 years it's a prior. Go watch uh, Charlie Chaplin's City Lights. Uh, the climax of that film has a fantastic boxing match uh, that has humor and emotion in it. Uh, it's great. And it's, it's all physical comedy, but it's physical comedy that works well, in my opinion. So those are my three points. Uh, Alex, let's, let's talk about The Mummy now. Yeah, The Mummy. Abbott Costello <laughs> and The Mummy. At it again, the dynamic duo take on a bunch of people who want an old dead corpse filled with characters with half the information and a mummy a quarter as intimidating the chase is on to see who will have the medallion and face this crummy mummy and who can fill their tummy (laughs) well you definitely beat me on summary this week alex that's for sure uh (laughs) but that's not my first point my first point here is I actually like this one less as far as gags and as far as humor. Um, some of the, as I said, some of the Louis the Looper stuff worked for me um, in The Invisible Man. Here, I, I just didn't find myself laughing as, as much as I should. Uh, maybe it was just the night um, and, and it was after you had convinced me to watch this back to back. Maybe. Eric, also, it took uh-huh. you three sittings to get through The Invisible Man. It did. It did. I watched The Mummy in one night. I will say that. That's good. <laughs> it did take me three sittings to get through The Invisible Man. That's true. Uh, yeah, overall, though, like I just thought there was laugh, l- less laughing. But what I'll say is, so the convoluted plot in The Invisible Man didn't work for me as much because there just wasn't as much humor built in. I think the convoluted plot is a lot funnier in the mummy uh the the three mummies is pretty funny (laughs) how it all turns out and them all kind of like running and not knowing which mummy is the real mummy and there's just lots of great little moments is it as good as it could be no but um i do think that convoluted plot is is definitely uh funnier than the convoluted plot with the throwing the match in the invisible man and Lastly, at least the, the the mummy has some great musical moments. I mean, we've got yes. dancing and singing in Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy. And those were at least some, some nice reprieves from the attempts at humor that we were seeing on screen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. Like we're just we're Dude, just like I, I literally had that same thought though while I was watching. I yeah. Was, I, I'm not the musical guy, but when uh-huh. the moments happened, I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. We're just dunking on like 75 year old humor, you know? <laughs> uh, hey, how old is the Charlie Chaplin movie? 
That's 90 years old, man. Well, there you go. What's your excuse? No, exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, because I've seen things that are still funny. Like some of the Three Stooges stuff has, is still funny. And I'm sure some Abbott Costello stuff is still great, but I'm sorry. No, this ain't the place. Um, so, but that being said, I did actually think the comedy for me worked better than the last film in this one. Um, mm. I had some really good laughs here, whereas I only had one chuckle in, or a, a, maybe three chuckles in Invisible Man, but I, you know, Cece's not even watching these movies with me, and she caught two moments back to back where we were both like laughing pretty good. And Cece doesn't laugh out loud very much. She's just like this stoic, unemotional <laughs> human being. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's looking at me right now. Um, <laughs> but but she doesn't like laugh out loud at a lot of right. stuff that we watch. And there's the mo- <laughs> there's the moment where they do the reveal in the newspaper of the of the shot of the dead body. Oh. And they <laughs> she, she, you're here laughing about and it, it shows Costello standing over the dead body in the newspaper. Uh-huh. It's just so funny. Like, that was just so <laughs> it was set up so perfect and it was funnier mm. than I imagined what it was gonna be there. Uh-huh. Um so that that setup was great. And then also I really like the snake gag. Uh, at least the first uh-huh. set of oh, yeah. it, right? Yeah. Where, he, where he moves Costello and he starts blowing on it. And again, it's behind him. Um, <laughs> I really like that moment quite a bit. Uh, it goes on a little too long with the rope and becomes, mm-hmm. to me, unfunny. Uh, and But then I did kind of like it coming back at the very at end the of the end. film. Yeah. Um, so I, I, w- I was a fan of that. And then, like you said, the mummies when they emerge from the their grave mm-hmm. and they're hitting them and then the other one pops up and he hits it and he's shocked by it. Like that moment I thought was really great too. So there are some moments that I really liked, even the medallion where he's, they're trying to pass it back and forth. If it all goes too long and becomes unfunny once the hamburger is involved. <laughs> um, I do think the setup before that was actually pretty good. Now, that being said, you mentioned convoluted earlier. Mm-hmm. This is convoluted. It is. <laughs> the, like, for a while, you're like, are these people working with these people? Oh, they're not working with these people? Well, then who are these people? It's all it's too just, complicated for a comedy movie. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it is. It's like needlessly complicated. Like, it, you know, I'm sure there's really great exceptions to this, like great comedy exceptions. But most comedies should probably just stick to one one entity that's opposing them, right? Uh-huh. Maybe not go into two in your mediocre comedy. Um, and then, like you said, Eric, we get like dancers in these musical moments that are actually pretty nice reprieves uh, that I re- actually <laughs> enjoyed. And honestly, it was a great opening. Like I, I was sitting there like clapping my hands almost at like some of the stunts and stuff that were being done in that opening number. Oh like, yeah, they were so <laughs> impressive. I was like, I, I would watch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that, that's a that's about all I've got for the mummy. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of why we 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 combine these because it just, frankly, it doesn't feel like there's enough to say about both mm-hmm. of these films. Mm-hmm. But you know, we when we do these double features, we got to do our comparison. And yeah. Eric. I want to hear your comp- your comparison between the two movies. 
Well, I will say my comparisons today are more just kind of reflections on these two movies and and maybe even my reflection on all three of the Abbott and Costello movies that we've watched together. You know, I, I'm not sure that the Abbott and Costello routine, it, I just, I'm still not sold that it works best for cinema uh, or if it would work better for a sketch show. Um, I, I mean, I think it would be better for a sketch show. Absolutely. Have, have you seen yet? Uh, I think we've mentioned it before. We've talked about it. Maybe I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Have you seen that yet? You've no, you've told me to watch it and I need to. You, you do. I think you would find it funny, and I think Abbott and Costello would have enjoyed it. They would have, if in a modern lens, right? They would have. It's yeah. absolutely awkward. Um, there's just some crazy scenarios in that show. But with that said, that, that show would not make for a good movie, especially if you tried to incorporate all these ideas into one coherent story. Which is kind of like how I feel these Abbott and Costello movies are are brought about now. Based on what I've read, it seems like Abbott and Costello had their own issues with some of these movies and just like the the scripts. Um, it's like there's there seems to be tension between the writers and, and the actors in these movies, which I find interesting. Um, but neither of these movies, neither Invisible Man or The Mummy, I still don't think they use their monsters to great effect and both focus on their lead characters. Um which is not, I'm not a huge fan of, considering this is our monster series. Uh, It's not our Abbott and Costello series. But what I do like about these films, a little bit more maybe than, uh, they do this a little bit better than Frankenstein did, is they do have a sense of irony, which I appreciate. As I said, I like the idea of Louis the Looper, though I think it isn't executed well. And I like the idea of multiple mummies. And while executed better... I still think they could have milked that for for a bit more uh, and maybe done a bit less with a few other components. Um, What about you? Uh, What about comparisons, contrast between these two films? So for me, I mean, I feel like these are both overall pretty failed comedies. Invisible Man is much more so because they they I felt like they abandoned their punchy dialogue, which was my favorite part of their comedy uh, in the last film. And then not only that, but they also really leaned into that boxing match at the end. That's just so rough. And so, like when I compare the two, like I think about the couple times I chuckled versus the two times I, I, or actually three times I laughed out loud in the mummy. Mm-hmm. So it immediately gets a leg up Are either one of them pace very well. No. Do they, do they have way more laughs that fail than succeed? Yes. So, I mean, we're really, you know, you can, I think we already mentioned this, but last night we were like kind of texting back and forth, almost arguing about what movie, which movie was worse. Like, <laughs> Not because one was so much better than the other, but which one was actually just bad or completely mm-hmm. bad? I I just feel like they're they're both uh, poor executions on their ideas, and it's it's completely kind of turned me off of Abbott and Costello, especially after you know a first good movie, two of these bad ones. The one thing I did enjoy uh, between the two, but more so the Mummy, and yes, I think we get too much Invisible Man. And mm. the Invisible Man, because I didn't buy the gags, right? 
Yeah. But with the mummy, I started wondering if he was ever going to show up. Like, <laughs> yeah, we saw him at the beginning, but I was like, did this movie forget it? It's a mummy movie. And then when he shows up, we get three mummies and it's, you know, I think it's, it's played with a moderate success. Um, but again, it goes too long. We get a giant lizard for no reason. We do get a pretty good gag of, <laughs> of Abbott jumping through the wall, which I actually kind of liked mm, when he walks mm-hmm. into the room with a monster, but <laughs> overall pretty rough stuff. I think <laughs> pretty, pretty rough stuff. So no, lo- our monsters aren't treated as well as they are in the last film. Which, mm-hmm. like you said, we are doing a monster series, so some points off for that. But we've done movies without real monsters, so I won't knock it off too much for them not being present. But in terms of their utility, uh, it's pretty weak, in my opinion. So, yeah, here's something just to throw your way. It's a, kind of about these films. <laughs> kind okay. of just an idea. I think I'm stealing this idea from somebody else, but it's, it's an idea that I think about when it comes to comedy. Um, and it's, and, it, and so it makes me think like these films could work like in, in concept, I think a, a film, uh, that's a comedy with monsters in it makes sense, right? Because I see a comedy as a certain kind of fantasy movie in a way, right? Okay. Like you have to have certain rules within your comedy in order for your comedy to work. They, they don't fit – a comedy in itself kind of points out some of the exaggerated extremes of our day-to-day lives and points out what's funny in those day-to-day lives through a sense of irony, right? Yeah. Um, but you still have to have these set rules and you create this own – like your own little universe in which your comedy can take place. And your co- comedy can only take place if it fits within the roles of that universe, right? If it doesn't – well, then it's just not funny and it's the tone is all over the place and just feels completely inconsistent. So in that way, I think it's similar to a fantasy movie. A fantasy movie has to set up a universe that has a set sort of rules. And yet if you break those rules, which I know you're going to go ahead and throw The Last Jedi in there. So I'll just go ahead and throw The Last Jedi in there. <laughs> if you break those and we just got another one star review on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> if you break those rules... <laughs> Uh, if you break those rules, then your fantasy movie doesn't work. Just like in, you know, Abbott and Costello meet the invisible man. If we're breaking the rules, you talked about the invisible man and kind of, you know, the deranged nature of the invisible man. If you start breaking the established rules of the universe, well, then it doesn't work. It's when you subvert the, the rules or you kind of, you play with the rules that we start to get that comedy um, and unfortunately, I just don't think they use the established universes that they're coming into as effectively as they could. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, comedy is all, it's like you said, though, uh, comedy is about breaking expectations. That's what makes you laugh. That's when a, st- a stand up comedian says something they shouldn't say, and you can't help but laugh, right? Because mm. they're breaking conventional wisdom. Yeah. And so that's that's what makes comedy so fun. But when Abbott has got the same bit five times in a row where he starts going <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it's not funny anymore. Like I get that this is your character. This is what you get paid on. Mm-hmm. But it's just not funny 
the fifth time. Like, right. You know, the mummy in, in particular, it was really egregious with it. I think he did it four times in that movie. Yeah. And it was funny in Frankenstein because frankly, I hadn't seen Evan Costello. So I didn't, I didn't get the bits. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it was fresh to me, but when it keeps happening, it becomes conventional wisdom, which is not funny. And so like mm-hmm. we even get that door gag again in the mummy that we got in Frankenstein where the door mm-hmm. closed. Like we both commented that we liked it. You know, they pushed the bed up against the door oh, and yeah, yeah. they opened the door the other way. And it was pretty funny. Well, mm-hmm. they did it again in this one. The yeah. setup was even more obvious than mm-hmm. the Frankenstein was. Mm-hmm. And so like you saw it coming a mile away and it just wasn't, it didn't hit. Yep. But that's the problem is you're, they're doing the same joke multiple mm. times kind of like the the dollar bit from invisible man mm. that the, so that's going to be something i want to talk about again later but that dollar yeah. bit's wonderful it's yeah, really yeah. funny <laughs> but then they try to do it again with the medallion and the mummy uh-huh. and it starts out wonderful and becomes tired yep yep um and so it's like you said i mean comedy is all about breaking expectations but unfortunately this just follows them all right so it's a transition a little bit, Alex. I think we can also talk about expectations and comedy and horror. Uh, this week's MVM Plus, as you give us a little bit of your impressions on Jordan Peele's Nope, which you saw opening day, and I'm a bit surprised about this uh, because I know how you feel about uh, some of Jordan Peele's, well, Jordan Peele's two other films. So uh, I want to I talk about this. Um, I don't want you to tell me much about it, to be honest, because I'm probably going to go see it soon. Uh, but I'm excited to, to talk with you about that on NVM Plus. We'll also talk about kind of our scheduling mishap here. We've kind of like screwed with our order completely <laughs> of these films, causing listeners everywhere across the world are panicking and wondering yes. what is going on with NVM. We are, the episodes are just shifting and and being reposted. What is going on? We'll talk about that <laughs> on NVM Plus. Uh, you can listen to that. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll say nope a lot. <laughs> over at <laughs> patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. But let's go ahead. Let's jump into our awards here for these two films. Um, remember, we're just going to do one award combining these two. So compelling character award. Who'd you have? Uh, I had to give the compelling character award to the vocalist who was played by Peggy King. She's the one that sings uh-huh. in the mummy movie. Yeah. I just found her uh, charming and I wanted to know her more. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is Alex She's actually is, very talented. She's very talented. I was gonna choose her too. <laughs> like that is the absolute truth. So that's completely random. Uh instead I'll choose the dancing pharaoh guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Because he was awesome too. Like the things that he was doing with his hands and like his the way that he was moving his neck and man, that guy was pretty intriguing too. So um so really uh talented uh Music, musicers, musicians, and dancers in in these in this mummy film for sure. Yeah, I actually thought that the vocalist was going to be a character in the show. Like they focused on her for so long. I did too. I was hoping. I was hoping. I was hoping. (laughs) Like she was going to be like the. uh... So another thing with these films, Alex, is like, are are there no good women characters? Like they're all conniving. (laughs) <laughs> well, right? there was one good one in Frankenstein. There right? was, there was yeah, because yeah. the the insurance agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody else, it's just 
women are the the conniving ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they all have terrible motivations. <laughs> hey, but they end up working together with at the right like, restaurant place, right at the end yeah. of the uh, mummy movie. So there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. What about your most memorable line award? Um. Yeah. So there's there's a line in. Uh, I believe it is the mummy. I'm having to double check now my notes where <laughs> Abbott is. No, it was, it was in the invisible man. Uh, Abbott is separating some money and he's parsing it all out. And he's, you know, one for me, one for you mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. with uh, Costello. And then he starts setting aside another set of money. And you're kind of wondering like, why is he doing that? <laughs> and then, uh, Costello asks him, he goes, oh, it's for the tax man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for income tax. <laughs> one Which, is like, one for me, one for you, and one, two, three, four. One for me, <laughs> one for you, and one, two, three, four. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because Costello did end up getting in trouble for tax tax stuff. So. Oh, that is funny. Nice. <laughs> uh, so my most memorable line was really kind of a, a moment. And it's a moment... That I think Abbott and Costello, like the big thing that they're known for, even if you've never, if you don't know who Abbott and Costello are, you know the who's on first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's their classic little sketch. They have a similar moment, or they try to recreate this moment in Meet the Mummy, and it's the pick part, right? Uh, where it's you oh, pick yeah. your pick, you know? And they're like, this is my pick. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on forever it does go on forever <laughs> but it did remind me of the who's on first um yeah. and that's what they were going for there right uh it doesn't work as well as the who's on first no. sketch but I, I i did find it kind of funny and uh and charming to an extent so, so that's the one i'll remember most from these two films hmm yeah uh, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? So mine goes to Nancy Guild as Helen Gray in Abbott and Costello Meet the Invisible Man. Mm. Not that her character is great, right? Uh, but, she, but she has to do a little bit. She is conniving, right? Yeah. Like, as I said, these two women characters are in these films. Um, but she really has to... to <laughs> put on the charm and, and really kind of be deceptive, especially towards the beginning with uh, Lou, Louis the Looper. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it to her, even though I, I don't think her character is used very well. Uh, I'll give it to Nancy Guild as Helen Gray. Yeah, I thought she did a good job as a bad guy. Yeah, um, she was a good bad guy. Yeah, she did good. <laughs> now, my award goes to the dancers at the beginning of The Mummy. Nice. All, all those acrobatics and stuff they were doing. I was so impressed. Again, I, I would totally sit and watch that show because that thing was awesome. Nice. Yeah. You telling me you were impressed by that. And I wish we could uh, do some of the, the silent comedy. That would be fun. I think you would actually, I think you would actually like some of that. I mentioned Charlie Chaplin already in this uh, episode, but I think, I think you would find some of his films and, Keaton's films really fun. Uh, they have physical comedy, but it's physical comedy mixed with like 
outrageous stunts that they actually did themselves. Um, so it's really good. Good stuff. Um, what about your, oh, that's a good shot of war. Yeah. You know, I don't know if there's a lot to choose from. Um, so I'm going to do one of the boxing ring shots from the side where they're just kind of showing the contestants from the ringside perspective. Mm-hmm. I just, those shots, especially in black and white are just so cool. Um, and it's also like the only thing that I can really give it. <laughs> it is cool. And I was like, I, I had really high hopes for this, this boxing scene. Cause I, I'm a sucker for boxing movies. I love yeah, boxing too. movies. Love them. Love them. Um, a good fighting movie. <laughs> awesome. Have uh, you seen Eric? You're a big, yeah. you're a big Rocky fan. Have you seen real steel? I have seen, I think I have it's seen a, real steel. It's a robot yeah. boxing movie. It follows all the beats that you would love. <laughs> have you seen uh I mean, we're just really going off the rails <laughs> in yeah. this episode have you seen warrior no I, you're the second person today to talk to me about this no this way strange yeah you have to watch it weird. then i know i hear it's good I, like i am not a uh ufc guy in any way shape or form like i, I couldn't tell you anything about it <laughs> um but warrior is is actually really good man <laughs> Have you seen South Park? I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it. What's your good shot of War? Have you seen, hang on, hang on. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you seen Rumble on Paramount Plus? No, have you seen, <laughs> have you seen, oh man, what's the, do you know who Carmen is? Pause. This is Carmen this is San a, Diego. No, no, not Carmen San Diego. I'm talking about um, Carmen the Christian singer uh, that was like, <laughs> You know who I'm talking about? Uh, um, who saying who's in the house? JC? No. <laughs> who's well, Carmen is in. <laughs> Carmen has a boxing movie called Champion, um, and I'm looking it up right now. It's on Prime Video, so you can watch it. It's gotten 11 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, so good. So good. <laughs> okay, well, I can't, I can't wait. I want to jump on that. Oh, jeez, Luis! If All someone right, knows who Carmen shot? is, let let me know because it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> my good shot is the shot of the giant lizard. Oh yeah, <laughs> coming out. Just kind of a nice little special effect. Yeah, it was. It was a kind of an effect slash shot. Um, so I'll, I'll give it to that. Yeah. Uh, unique award. What'd you have? Uh, best visual gag. Um, and that was the dollar from the invisible man. Uh, the way that they were, the way that Abbott is like finessing that dollar all around Costello's hand mm-hmm. and just getting it back away from him. I, I thought it was, I thought it was endlessly entertaining. And then they overdid it in the mummy. And I was like, ah. No, there's a finite limit on how yeah. entertaining this can be. But I really enjoyed that moment. So that gets my best visual gag award. What about you? Mine is the uh, CPR certified award, and that oh. goes to the mummy uh, <laughs> for getting the medallion back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. performing the Heimlich on Lou. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That, that was, was pretty good. funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he gets my... Uh, certification award (laughs) Mm. um cool um well let's get into our closing thoughts here in tier rating tell me which of these films is better 
I guess is how we'll frame it, Alex, mm, instead of yeah. which is worse. Which one is better and why? I think the mummy is the one that's going to be better for me just because it actually got some more outright laughs uh, from me. Whereas the invisible man, I did struggle. Now I will concede that I think the invisible man's story overall is much more compelling than what is in here, but Mm. it's not compelling enough to keep my attention quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And they were on both of these were painful viewings for me. So the, the elevated comedy uh, really kept the pace for Mummy a little bit better. And I was able to... I mean, I watched both of them in one sitting. But hey, you were able to watch the Mummy in one sitting. Uh, <clears throat> but nothing to say about Invisible Man. Um, <laughs> so this is going to be another double Gabra uh, episode for me. So mm. I'm going to give both of these Gabra tier. Just uh, disappointing all around. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Well, funny enough, uh, I just kind of flip what you just said. Uh, these are both top-tier Godzilla films. No. <laughs> uh, in reality, I, I do flip what you said. They're both Gabra films. Um, but I actually think the story of Meets the Mummy is better, but the humor in Invisible Man is better. So I kind of flip it from what you said. Uh, neither one of them rises above that Gabra level. I think I prefer uh, The Invisible Man slightly more uh, because I do like the concept and I like some of the physical gags and humor there. It had me chuckling a couple of times uh, pretty good. So uh, it did take me three times to to get through that, though. So read into that what you want. One time I made it five minutes uh, total before falling asleep. It was bad. <laughs> but the mummy I made it through in one attempt. It was just a struggle. It was a struggle. I I, I had to fix myself some popcorn in that one and, and force myself uh to stay awake. So it was it You're was pounding rough. some Red Bulls there like midnight, like just <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to get through it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um next week, Alex, creature from the Black Lagoon. We finally reached our final universal monster three films left yeah and they're all creature films i've been looking so forward to the creature of the black lagoon like Mm. it's coming so soon i hope it sends us to the moon Ooh, i like that (laughs) um (laughs) 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 well 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 creature from the black lagoon uh Turn us into two loons, or will it go boom, boom, booms? Hey, there might be an explosion in it. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I would uh, think that would be a good no way idea. to take care of that monster. Um, now, Eric, are <laughs> yeah. we bringing on the wives for mm. Creature? Have you I talked we'll to her yet? To. I have not, but uh, we will. We will. It might take us about six sittings to get through it because she makes it even less than i do whenever we start these movies late at night so just uh, slip her some coke a cola yeah 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 that's what i meant coke uh, cola uh no we'll we'll watch it yeah that sounds fun let's let's bring the wives on next week for creature from the black lagoon that'll be a good one yeah absolutely as always, thank you for listening to monsters versus men you can leave us feedback on either of these films on this double feature 
on our opinions of these films at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base my over at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. The executive producers are Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kama Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B. Louis Loops, not Louis the Looper. Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector. And you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't... Be a brunette in an Abbott Costello film. <laughs> and try, <laughs> try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. Have you seen the champ? Bad guys. What? Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't seen the champ. Have you seen the champ? <laughs> no, but the champ. Literally, I watched this when I was uh, probably like 13 years old, okay. and I just cried like a baby after. I don't think I've ever cried harder in the movie in my life. Um, I don't remember about, crying about that million hard dollar ever. Baby. But man. Shoo. John Voight. Million dollar baby. I have. Yeah, it's not sad. It's not sad like the champ. The champ. That's a good one, man. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Yikes. I definitely want to be depressed. That's the one that like taught me what suffering is in the world. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well good to know. <laughs> Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. The things that he was doing with his hands and like his, the way that he was moving his neck and man, that guy was pretty intriguing too.